Now this evening we are concluding our short series of messages looking at the marks of a true of true Christian ministry, right? That's what we've been doing. Uh, we've been looking at this issue as part of our ongoing studies through Colossians. And over the last uh, few Sundays, uh, we've looked at uh, this passage, isn't it? Colossians chapter 1, verse 24 to chapter 2, verse 3. That's, that's our focus. And in this section, Paul is talking about his life and ministry. Now, he's not doing this to blow his own trumpet, right? He wants the Colossians... And I, and I will read this letter to know what true Christian ministry looks like. Uh, all of us need to learn from, from the life of the Apostle Paul what the true marks of Christian ministry are because all of us are called to serve God. That's something we've said time and time again as we've been going through this. God has given each one of us gifts, talents, resources, and he commands us to use these things uh, for the benefit of his church, so that the gospel would spread, so that Christ would have his glory, as we said this morning. So far, we've looked at four marks of true Christian ministry. Servanthood, we looked at that, that was the first thing. Secondly, suffering, we said God has married suffering with ministry. If you want to serve God, you will suffer. And then stewardship, was the third thing we looked at, that the things we have are not actually ours. God has appointed as caretakers to use them for his kingdom. And this morning we looked at Christ-centeredness. True Christian ministry is centered on Christ, proclaiming him. This evening I just want to look at, uh, at the final mark of true Christian ministry. It's there in verse 29 of chapter um, ch- chapter 1, and all the way up to uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And these, again, have verses, particularly verse 29, uh, are, are some of the most famous verses in the Scripture. And we, if we look at them, we would be here, we can just keep studying verse 29, for example, uh, our whole life. Uh, but we try and learn two lessons uh, from those verses. And the two lessons I want us to learn this evening is this. The first lesson is, true Christian ministry is working hard for Christ. True Christian ministry is hard work for Christ. It's working hard for Christ. That's the first truth. Serving Christ, living for Christ, serving Him, uh, is not easy. That's why many don't do it. That's why Christ called living for Him the narrow road, isn't it? It's, it's hard to live for Christ and it's even harder to serve Christ. It involves blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, Paul describes his work of serving Christ in this church here in verse 29 as toiling. Look at verse 29 there. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he, that is Christ, powerfully works within me. I wanted to say two things. First, the, the word for toil there means a diligent labor that wears you out. So it, it, when you read it, it doesn't quite capture what Paul is saying in English. It's a diligent labor that wears you out. It is painful labor that leaves blisters in your hand. It leaves you totally drained. It is labor to the point of exhaustion. 
Paul is saying, I am working for Christ to the point of complete exhaustion of my own energy and emotions. And just in case we do not get this word, toil, Paul adds another word, the second word there. To make clear that his labor for the Lord is not easy. The word I'm thinking of is struggling. For this I toil. toil. Struggling, he says, with all his energy. The original word for struggling there means agonizing. It conveys a picture of someone striving in agony during wrestling or a contest. Think of Jacob there. Um, struggling with the angel of the Lord in Genesis during the night. That's what's being captured. It's a picture of arduous, painful, constant, brutal contest. For this I toil, says Paul, struggling. Paul is saying, my ministry is not only exhausting, but also a painful, perpetual struggle that is taking a lot out of me. It is costing me Everything to serve Christ, says Paul. Because that is why Paul is toiling and struggling. He's serving the Lord by preaching the sensational good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul wants people to turn to Christ and to grow in their faith. The the, the hard work of Paul is not for himself, it is for the glory of Christ. Look at verse 29 uh, there again. For this I Toil. What is the this is referring to verse 29? Well, the this is taking us back to verse 28. What is verse 28 about? Well, verse 28 says, Him, that is Christ, we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this, verse 28, I toil. And notice verse 28, as I said this morning, starts with Christ and ends with Christ. Christ we proclaim that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul is saying, I am not working for me. I'm not working hard for me. I am working that Christ will be heard by everyone, that believers will grow in living for Christ. It's about Christ. I am not a self-focused servant of Christ. I am not working flat out so that the world will pat me on the back or I could get a better stipend in Laodicea or Hierapolis or, or Colossae. No, I am not here to receive praise and glory from man, says Paul. I am a steward, a servant for Christ. Him I proclaim, he says. These chains I'm wearing are for Christ. Because Paul is writing this from prison, isn't it? I have given myself to Christ to use me to proclaim him to all. Him we proclaim, warning everyone, teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone, three times there, everyone, mature in Christ to all. We should should also not miss here that Paul wants Christ to be honored in the lives of the Colossians, not only as individuals, but also as a local church together, because that's what chapter 2, verse 1 to 5 is about. Look how chapter 2 starts. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, 
being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in Christ, rejoicing to see the good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Now, many people interpret the struggling this one as purely about prayer. There is no need for us to reduce the toil and struggle in verse 29 to prayer in verse 1. We must remember that there are no chapters in the original letter of Paul. So the toiling and struggling of verse 29 is the same as the struggling in verse 1. In both cases, Paul is simply saying his ministry is about working hard so that the church would grow in Christ as individuals and as a church. And he's saying it's all about the glory of Christ. I'll leave you to count how many times Paul refers to Christ from verse 26 to verse 5. It's a lot. Either as him or him or, 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 or has he or just the name Christ. It's a lot of time. The point Paul is making is that true Christian ministry is working hard for Christ. The call to follow Christ is not like being a fan at a football game, right? We are not in Christ to just watch Christ do his thing on the pitch. No, we are also players on the pitch. Christ, in fact, is a player manager. That's the best way to think of him. Because, as we shall see in a moment, Christ is also involved in our work, playing on our side of the team for him. We are called to work hard for Christ. He has not called us to live, uh, He has not called anyone to live a comfortable life. Christ has not called any believer to a comfortable life. He has called us to exhaust ourselves, to wear ourselves out for the gospel. He has called us to struggle for him, to suffer arduous pain and cost in our lives for him. For this I toil, says Paul, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works with him. What Paul said, the prosperity gospel don't know what to do in verse 29. The false teachers of television don't know what to do with verse 29. Why is Paul toiling if he's all supposed to be golden? They say, well, Paul missed the boat. Well, why are you reading the scriptures then? No, the Christian life, Paul says, living for the Lord, is not a call to comfort. No, it's a call to exhaust ourselves for Christ. To suffer adverse pain and cost in our lives for him. Now, there are many reasons why working for art. Have you thought about this? Why is working for Christ hard work? Well, one reason is that we have fleshly desires and bodily weaknesses that war against us. That's why we find laboring for Christ hard work. When we give ourselves to serve the Lord, especially within the church, it can be physically demanding, isn't it? And one reason it is actually physically demanding is... Very few people in church serve, right? Most of the, you've heard of the 10% rule, right? 
every, every, book, every church book, ministry book writes about this thing. The point is that most of the work in the church is done by 10% of the people. Which means if you have a membership of 20, the chances are most is being done by two people. That's a 10% rule. And so, so, so the more willing you are to serve Christ in the church, the more physically demanding it's going to become. So it's hard because we're going up against our fleshly desires and bodily weaknesses, and those desires don't want us to serve Christ. And of course, for some people, serving Christ can even lead to persecution. Imprisonment like Paul is facing, and even death as all the apostles suffered. For this, for Paul we can even say, for this, I am about to die. Struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within. So working for Christ is hard because, you know, it goes up against our fleshly desires and bodily weaknesses. The other reason I think working for Christ is hard because um, is that we live in a world of human sin. There is plenty to frustrate you and discourage you if you are serious about Jesus. If you're just comfortable about Christ, then you're just like, okay, you know. There'll be no no hard work for you. But if you take the gospel seriously, if you think that is God dying there on the cross, and you think that God dying there on the cross demands transformation in your life, well, there will be a lot. You then give yourself to work for Christ in wherever God has placed you, and what you will meet is frustration and discouragement. And I think this is one of the reasons many people quit serving Christ. They struggle with the hard work of dealing with fellow sinners. And as my wife calls them, informed sinners. Do you know what an informed sinner is? Well, sinners in the church. They are informed sinners. They understand the gospel. They understand how the cross works. But they are still willfully living rebellion against Christ. They are informed. It's hard Ministering to informed sinners. I remember talking to a pastor friend uh, who once quit ministry. I had only just become a, a pastor. I'd only just started here, and I think it was within four months of me starting here. And he told me, look, Chola, I gave up being a pastor after seven years. In fact, the church, numerically, we were okay, but I gave it up. I decided to pack it all in. I looked at him and said, why did you quit? His answer stunned me. He says, people in the church were so horrible to each other. They were so horrible. In fact, he went on to say, Christians can be very horrible people. The church, Chola, can be a horrible place. As I said, I'd only been a pastor for four months when he told me this. And of course, I told him, I've just become a pastor. And of course, his answer, you know what he said? He says, you're mad. I thought he was joking. He said, no, he, just said, he said, you're mad. My friend suffered a lot in the ministry. And even sometimes when I speak with him, he still raises it. He found it hard, the work of dealing with informed sinners. Fellow sinners. 
Serving Christ within the church and wherever God has placed us, not just the church, is at work because in the course of doing his work for him, we'll be used and abused. And of course, the biggest reason why serving Christ is at work, there are many more reasons, but the biggest reason, I think, is because it's spiritual warfare. The devil and his demons are constantly at war against us. And so as we come to the end of this series of this sermon on serving Christian ministry, you should remember that what we are talking about really is spiritual warfare. The moment you put your hand to the plow, Satan will direct all he has at you. Every spiritual missile at his arsenal. He's going to come with accusations. He's going to come with temptation to shipwreck not only your service to the Lord, but to shipwreck your faith even. And that's why statistics tell us, don't they? At least 40% of pastors quit within in fact, it's probably more than I need to double check. Last time I checked, it was 40% within three years of their ministry beginning. And of course, many in the church just quit serving and just merely exist. You know. This is the reason actually why we have many people just merely existing in the pews of the churches. They have long quit serving. Why? Because actually for many of them, they have come up against Satan. He has driven them into sin. Their sin says, no, you can't serve. That didn't happen by accident. That's why many of our churches, such as ours, have fewer members. Why? Because Satan is at work stopping people from, from, from living a holy life. The reality in this world is that to serve Christ, beloved, is to walk the path of dangerous toils and snares. True Christian ministry is working hard for Christ. And of course, this raises the question, isn't it? If true Christian ministry is working hard for Christ, then how do we do it? How do we get motivated to even want to serve? You may be thinking, well, I should have started off with this sermon, because then I would have tuned out the other one. Now you're talking about hard work. The servant would was a bit hard, but I got that. Suffering, I kind of got it. Christ suffered. And super apostles seems to be suffering. I could deal with that, you know. Stewardship, I get that. You know, Christ centered good. But now you're saying hard work. Why don't you start with this? It's hard work. How do we ensure we get even motivated to serve Christ then? And when we serve Christ, how do we ensure we have what, I, what I've been talking about? Stickability. Perseverance continuing at whatever God has called us. And how do we ensure that we do not burn out? Burnout is a big thing among many believers. How do we ensure we don't burn out? Or withdraw out of disappointment when it's hard? In short, how do we serve hard like Paul is doing? What makes Paul do this? How does Paul do this thing? Struggling, toiling. What's, how does he do it? Actually, the answer is that it's not Paul doing it. It's not Paul doing it. It is not us who can even make ourselves toil and struggle. It is Christ who works through us. He gives us the desire to place ourselves with the desire to toil, to struggle for him. 
And it is him who enables us to do it and supports us in that. That's the second truth we learn here. The second truth is that, the first truth is that true Christian ministry is working hard for Christ. But the good news, that sounds depressing, doesn't it? But the good news is that true Christian ministry is working hard by Christ. It is for Christ and by Christ. If Paul was doing this by himself, he would have completely burnt out. But he, he has not. And the reason he has not burnt out is there in verse 29. For this I toil, struggling with all his, that is Christ's energy, that he, Christ, powerfully works within me. I just want to tell you two beliefs, just point out two beliefs that Paul declares in verse 29 that explains why Paul works hard to serve Christ to the point of exhaustion and without burning up. Two declarations. First of, the first declaration of Paul here is that Christ is within me. Christ is within me. For this I toil struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works where? Within me. Within me. Paul is saying, I am not toiling alone. There's a connection here to the verse we looked at this morning, isn't it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul is saying, he believes that. And he repeats it here. I am not toiling alone. I am not wearing out by myself. Christ is within me. Christ has said, we are in this together, Paul is saying. He is a stakeholder in my work for him. He's involved. And I'm sure if we ask Paul, why is this a big deal to you, Paul, that Christ is in you? Well, why does the presence of Christ make you work harder? Why should that make anyone work harder? Well, I'm sure Paul would say, because of who this Christ is. Because of who Christ is, beloved. This Christ who has given himself to me is the almighty God, the creator of all things. Paul would take us back to Colossians 1. Verse 15 to 20, as we said this morning. He would remind us that Christ created all things. He would remind us that Christ is supreme over all things. He would remind us that Christ sustains all things. He would remind us that Christ is, as it were, the head of the church. He would remind us Christ is God himself. In Christ, that the whole fullness of God was pleased to dwell, Paul would say. He would remind us that our Christ is a preeminent one. In the, new world, in the old world and the new world. He would remind us that Christ is all-knowing. is all-present and all-powerful. He would say, this is the Christ who is present and living in me. How can I not work hard for him and by his power? I am not alone, Paul would say. And Paul is reminding us that true ministry, therefore, is not something we do alone. We do it with Christ our God living in us. Yes, living and serving Christ can often feel lonely. I know that very much doing this work. But it's, it's lonely in every work we do for Christ. But we are never alone. Because Christ lives inside of us. 
The problem is that we forget this truth. Just as we forget the other truth, Christ in you, the hope of glory, we forget this truth that it powerfully works within me. Is within me. We forget that. And that's why we struggle, first of all, to even get motivated to work for Christ. And when we work for Christ, we just put in minimum. Unless we remember that Christ our Creator our Creator, in all His glory, in all His power, lives within us. We will never even have a desire to serve Him. And when we serve Him, we will never grow in serving Him with, with, with toiling and struggling. It will always be on the surface stuff. You know, one of the reasons many of us hold back from giving ourselves further for Christ is that we worry that it will cost us too much. We think of all the things we have to give up. To do a certain thing for him. And we're like, nah, nah, nah. Nah, I can't do that. I mean, why is this church, for example, this evening not full? Why don't we have the same numbers this evening that we had in the morning? Because it's, we think just being here costs us too much for Christ. And we think giving up that, then, well... We know that Christ demands we surrender our talents, our gifts, our time, our resources to him. But we think surrendering ourselves to him is too much. It is too much. We don't want the cost of working hard for Christ before, because we feel if we, if, if we allow Christ to look after us, he won't come through for us. We believe we can't depend on him. But Paul has no such doubts. He says, for this I toil. Struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works where? Within me. Paul knows that Christ is within him. Is with him. And he knows that this Christ is the almighty God. So how can he not give himself for Christ? What about you this evening? Are you willing today to believe this truth that Christ is living inside of you? Are you willing to believe that Christ is the almighty God within you, strong to serve? Strong to enable you to toil and labor for him? Are you struggling to surrender yourself to his service? Are you struggling to give all of yourself to live for him and serve him? Beloved, can I just be honest? Could it be that the real problem in your life is that Christ who bled or died on that cross for you, the almighty God, is too small in your eyes. Could it be that the real issue is that Christ is too small in your eyes? This evening, as I encourage you to pray to the Lord to help you see that Christ is our God who has made his home in your heart. Cry out to God to help you not forget this truth. And I know the Lord is asking you to labor for him in different ways. As I said, some of us just coming here this evening is hard work. I know for some of us it's hard work. Especially for our elderly saints. So I'm not saying that there's a sort of thing that we must tick to show we're working hard. We'll come to that in a moment. No, you know where the Lord is asking you to struggle, to toil. The question is, why are you holding back 
Why are you holding back? Could it be that Christ is too small in your eyes? If so, repent, beloved. Because if you don't repent, we have wasted today. We have wasted today. In the morning, we heard Christ in us, the hope of glory. Here we are being taught Christ is within us. How can you not repent of holding back? Well, if you don't, then you have wasted today. So that's the first declaration of poisoning, that Christ is within me. The second declaration of Paul we see here is that Christ is working in me to the full. Christ is working in me to the maximum. Look at verse 29. For this I toil, struggling with not some of his energy, all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. Paul is saying, Christ is not working me with only half of his energy reserves. Christ has made available to me all of his power. Christ, if you like, is in full gear in my life. He's not in gear one. Christ has pressed down the pedal of power, isn't it? Down for my benefit. It's full throttle, as it were. Christ is not stingy with his power. Christ loves me enough to use all of his power and energy. He has made available all his boundless resources to me. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. It's breathtaking, isn't it? It's breathtaking because if Christ directed to Paul just 1% of his power, that would still be infinitely more than Paul needs to work for Christ. It's true. If Paul had missed out the word, oh, he just said some of Christ's energy, that would still be sufficient. Infinitely sufficient. Because we're dealing with the infinite God. But Paul says Christ has done something mind-boggling. He's directing all his divine power through Paul. And all his power to do the work for Christ. We should think of Christ inside us like um, the earth's core. Right? You know the earth's core that drives the planet from there? Right? The earth's core diverts all of its power. We need all of the earth's power, all of the core's power to power up the planet and do its work. Well, you know, you can look it up, what it does, but you get the point, right? All of the earth's core exists for the planet, for the good of the planet as a whole, right? The earth's core doesn't give us second best. It gives us everything it has to keep this planet together by God's design. And Paul is saying similarly, Christ has not given me second best. Praise the Lord. He has not given you second best. His second best is good. It's good. It's infinitely good. But he has not given you second best. He's given you first best. All of his power and energy is being directed by Christ to help you serve him. I mean, that's love. Mind-boggling love. And Paul here is reminding us that serving Christ is not something we do by our own power. We do it through the power of Christ who lives in us. What does this mean for us? Well, just two things I want to leave you with briefly. First of all, if you are serving Christ, wherever you are serving Christ, wherever God has called you to serve him, be encouraged, beloved. Don't be discouraged. 
Be encouraged that Christ has made his power available to you. First of all, to live for him as a believer and to serve him. The work of living for Christ and of serving Christ in the church, at home, at work, wherever God has placed you, whatever responsibility he has given you, right? As grandparents, as parents, as sons and daughters, all of that can be very hard and is probably costing you as we sit here. But I just want to say, listen to me. That is not because Christ is not powerfully at work in you. Your work is not hard because Christ is not at work in you. You need to understand that. Oh, did I say that wrong? Your work, is, yeah, I did say that right. <laughs> Your work is not hard because God's power is absent. Christ, if you learn anything from this verse, it is this. Christ working powerfully does not take away the toil and struggle in God's work. Because this work is being done in a fallen world where God has now redeemed our toil and suffering for his glory. You know, we are all tempted to think, that I'm tempted to think, that if when Christ is really working in my life, life will be comfortable. We are tempted to think that the sign of Christ's power, that's what the prosperity people think, that the, the, the sign of Christ's power working in our lives is that we should be comfortable. But the paradox of this verse is that Christ is present now, not in the absence of exhaustion and weariness, but in the presence of that. It is when we are weak that Christ is strong. It is when we are suffering that we get the double portion of his spirit. That's 1 Peter 4. The spirit of Christ and of glory rests on you. Paul says to those who are suffering. That double portion, isn't it? So if you are doing what Christ has called you to do and it is painful, praise the Lord. If you are living for him and it's costing you, praise the Lord. Because your life is following the pattern of verse 29. If you are doing what Christ has called you to do, and it is painful, praise the Lord. Let this truth encourage you today. Encourage you today to keep working hard by the power of Christ. Christ has given you all of himself to you. Your Savior is not a halfway house. You know, Christ is not one minute working in you and the next minute he's resting. <laughs> I mean, I rest all the time, right? Christ is not like that. It's like, he doesn't give us a hand here and then he goes, I need to rest a little bit. No, 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 no. That's not my savior. And if you're in Christ, that's not your savior. Christ is always on full tap for you, his beloved. And you, you need to remember that, beloved, you either have all of Christ or you have none of him. Do you get that? You either have received all of Christ or you have received none of him. And you have received all of him. And so be encouraged. Is there an area you're saving that is costing you well? Be encouraged. Be encouraged, beloved. Is being a mother challenging at the moment for you? 
Is being a faithful employee where people are cutting corners costing you? Is being a daughter or a son caring for your parents costing you? Is being a peacemaker in a fractured family relationship costing you? Is living a pure life costing you? Is working hard to provide for your kids costing you? You know, it's the right thing that you should provide for your kids, and are you finding that costing you in some way? Is being a faithful member of the church who sacrifices time to pray, visit, and attend services costing you in some way? Perhaps cleaning the church when no one is bothered to do it, and you feel wearing out? Is it costing you? Do you feel drained? Is there an area of life God has called you and you feel tempted to give up? Well, let this truth encourage you. Serving Christ is definitely hard work, but it is not your hard work. Christ is there with his power to strengthen you. So press on in his strength. So the first thing here is be encouraged to keep working hard for Christ. And quickly, and I'll finish. The second second encouragement I have for you is that, in fact, you should let this truth that true Christian ministry is working hard for Christ, challenge you to grow in relying on the power of Christ as you serve him. You know, there's a danger when we hear that ministry is hard work that we immediately think to ourselves, let me start doing a lot of stuff and work hard. Well, that's, 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 that's the flesh now. That's the flesh. Because that sort of thinking only leads to one place. Burnout. Paul worked harder than all the apostles. That's what he says. That's what he told the church at Corinth. But how did Paul finish that sentence? Paul said, I worked harder than all of them. How did he finish it? Yeah. Yet not I. But the grace of God that was with me. Christ. The secret to true hard work is to let Christ do it. It, Working hard is letting Christ do it. The secret of toiling and struggling for Christ is to let Christ toil and struggle on your behalf. We must allow his power to work in and through us. Let Christ do the work. You say, what does that look like? That doesn't help me. How do I do that? Well, surrender. In one word, surrender. The key to working hard for the Lord is to focus on surrendering your heart and letting him direct you. You know, most of the things we do is not God who has called us to do it. It's true. Even in the life of the church, most of the things we do is just our flesh. But when we surrender our heart to Christ, we can be guaranteed of his power, his help, because we're doing what he wants. What I mean is that, look, the key to working hard is surrendering your heart to Christ and letting him direct you. And what I mean by that is that we are not going to be like Paul unless we grow in surrendering our hearts to Christ and growing in intimacy with him. Working hard for the Lord is really growing in partnership with Christ. And to do that, 
It means we need to hand over our lives in a real and tangible way, first and foremost, just to say, Lord, I wave my white flag of surrender. I'm ready to do anything you want, but only what you want, not what my flesh wants. I want you to lead me. You know, think about how we teach kids to write. How do we teach kids to write? We hold their hands, isn't it? That's why I thought Abigail, anyways, you know, you grab her and, and you're trying to write with her, right? And, but it only works if she surrenders. If you try teaching a kid how to write and she's just strong, it's not going to work. She needs to let go, so to speak, to surrender. And then as she moves her hand gracefully, then she learns how to write with a pen or whatever it is we're using. In the same way, if we are going to work harder for Christ, we need to focus less on doing stuff and more on just being with him and surrendering our hearts to him. You know, it's amazing what happens once you grow in intimacy with Christ. You know, once you grow in intimacy with Christ, you, you want to serve him. You grow in serving Christ and, and working. You know, this is why I don't really like having, you know, banging on about people doing things in the church. Because I know the big issue is they don't, they're not growing in intimacy with Christ. So let's focus on that. Let's focus on that. Because it is only by abiding in Christ that his power flows through us. It's only when we walk in step with Christ that we work flat out without burning out. Why? Because we'll be doing what the Lord wants. You know, my wife says this. She said, I said, to her, look, I don't have enough time to do this and this and that. She just laughs and says, look, you have enough time to do everything God wants you to do. Your problem is not that you don't have time. You have enough time to do what God wants you to do. You are lacking time because you're not doing what God wants you to do. Why don't you think about that? Right? And that is true. And I can only know that if I'm walking in step, isn't it, with the Lord. If I'm walking in step with the Lord. That's why intimacy with the Lord is so important. To do things that God wants us to do. We cannot burn out if we're being led by the Holy Spirit. Because Paul didn't burn out. He didn't burn out. He says, I've finished the race. He says in First Timothy, Second Timothy, I've fought the good fight. That's not a man who burnt out. I have finished the race and there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness. You know, burning out happens not as a result of working out like Paul. It happens when we are operating out of the flesh. We are outside the will of God. Burnout happens when we forget that the most important thing for us is to grow in intimacy with Christ and to be directed by his power alone. And Paul here is reminding us, isn't it, that true Christian ministry, therefore, is working out for Christ by working out through Christ, by Christ. And this means growing in surrender. You know, the biggest... Hindrance to our service to God is, is a sin of self-dependence, isn't it? Even when we say we are depending on the Lord, often we just, we don't mean it. We just, we are depending on us. If you look at your life, you see a lot of evidence that shows you are often led by your thoughts and feelings than truly surrendering to Christ. Because deep down, you see, we believe we can do many things on our own. We forget that Christ lives in us, the hope of glory. We forget that Christ is within us to work powerfully within us. Paul says here, 
For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. We forget that Christ has made available not some of his power, but all of his power for us. And so our desperate need is to know this Christ better so that we can depend on him more. That's how we work hard for Christ. We need more fellowship, beloved. More quiet times. More plugging into the life of the church. More commitment to sitting under the word of God. More intimacy with Christ. More pleading to Christ to enable us to truly surrender to him. So this evening, cry out to Christ to help you to know him more, to grow in devotion to him. So that you can grow to work hard for Christ and by Christ. Amen.